prophecies have foretold, and wisdom keepers all know that the rise of the feminine will restore balance to our world. In this podcast, we are on a journey to understand the root of the imbalance that has caused disconnection and dysfunction within our humanity, so we can emerge as leaders, creating a new story on Earth. I'm Lauren Walsh. And I'm Shayna Connors. With humble hearts and open minds, we will converse with spiritual teachers, historians, psychologists, revolutionaries, leaders, and healers to navigate these evolving times and reintegrate the feminine history that we have forgotten. Welcome to the Time of the Feminine podcast. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Time of the Feminine podcast, season two. It is so exciting to be here with you all today. My name is Lauren Walsh. And I'm Shayna Connors, and it is such an honor to be back with you. As we were recording this season, we've already recorded a few episodes. I've been feeling like, wow, what an honor to get to use our voice on behalf of the earth, on behalf of our sisters, on behalf of our collective for the rise of the feminine, and to like really just be a student in this journey, like learning along the way, but getting these amazing people to come and share their stories. And so, yes, yeah, season two. So as Shane has been having this experience of what an honor, I've been having like a terrified experience. <laughs> I've been having like a, oh my God, these conversations are deep and they're real. And but you, you know, love it. I do. I love it. And it's more vulnerable this season for me mm. in particular, as I'm relearn, I'm unlearning a lot of things because mm. one of our values is to walk with integrity, to walk with humility, to be in connection and to be present, to, to really be present in the world right now. And there's so much happening in the world. And I know you know this, you who are listening, and it can be overwhelming. And I feel like as the divine feminine is rising, and I am very, like if there's one thing I know, I know this to be true and I know it with all of my being that her presence that is awakening, she's the one doing the shaking. She's the one showing all of the, the structures that are keeping people stuck. All of the trauma is coming to the surface because it's her who's bringing it up. And I know that it's a lot for people. And I also know that it's easy to lose hope. And one of the things is also a value that feels like an instruction from the divine feminine, from the earth, from my heart. It's to always cultivate hope. And so on this journey, this season, as we get realer and rawer and have conversations about really deep stuff, big important stuff, how we cultivate hope and orient ourselves so that we don't get lost in all the shaking, that we stay uh, firm in our connection to the divine and the truth within our bodies and listening to the earth to f- to forge the path to birth the new. Mm. Wow. I felt so many things as you were speaking that. I felt this like kundalini just go straight up the spine as you were speaking about 
how the divine mother is causing the shaking and and this podcast the reason that we go deep the reason that we go into all of these things is because when we share about our experiences and are vulnerable we are hoping that we can provide a map that you can use if you're experiencing something that's similar or if you're feeling something or somebody that is experiencing something so that it's not something that's brushed under the table. We've done that. We've done that. It's okay to have dark feelings. It's okay to, <laughs> Lauren and I talk about this a lot, to descend into the underworld and to feel a lot of things that are very scary. Lauren and I both have experienced a lot of things. And then also the beauty, right? There's so much beauty and there's so much light. But how do you merge these two things, this dark and light? And so this podcast, we have the hope. The hope is is built in. We have hope and that's why we do this podcast. And we have to address this stuff because if it's not addressed, it ferments, it rots, and it continues to corrupt the foundation in which we're building. Mm. And so we can't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. None of us can. That's not what we can do. This is a season of decomposition. This is the, the decomposing, the unlearning of all these oppressive systems and how they impact ourselves, our psyches, our souls, and each other, and also having the integrity to recognize how we've internalized them and we perpetuate them without meaning to. And so this is a time of decomposing. And I feel like Shana and I have both been on that journey. And so Shana... Would you like to share with us how you've been decomposing? Yes, I do want to share. And I also want to note that I would love it. I think it would be amazing if you each think about also what you're decomposing. We have built the most gigantic compost pile for all of our listeners to place everything that they're decomposing into that into the pile so that we can create fertile soil for this new world we're building together. And so what I'm decomposing is, well, I'm decomposing a lot. I feel like I'm actually just one giant compost bin at the moment. Yeah, I'm in this deep process of really letting go of so many old ways of being that I'm actually having trouble even recognizing who I am in this moment. I feel like I'm partly everything I used to be partly confused (laughs) and like slightly this energy of something I'm moving into. And why is that happening? It's happening because I've become so aware of the patriarchal conditioning that's inside of myself, which is the, the voices that can say all sorts of things, but specifically things like I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I need to compete or compare to show my worth. I need to make some amount of money in order to feel worthy. Like it goes on and on and on. And this conditioning, I'm ready to compost. I know that it's hard because our society constantly reflects all of these things back to me. And yet I'm being asked to 
continue to surrender all these things that I like to stick my talons in, like I, that I like to cling to, that I like to hold on to for security. Like my path has really been like, ah, if you think you're secure with that, then maybe you should let that go. Oh, you think you're secure with that? Maybe you should let that go too. And it's really scary and confusing, honestly, because once I let something go and I feel scared, I'm like, why am I doing this? And I don't know why other than I'm following something inside of myself, my heart that I do trust to guide me to keep letting go of these things. And ultimately, I know from past experiences that when I do let go, when I do surrender to this this current that's moving me, that I'll have more freedom because I'm not as attached. My happiness is not intrinsically related to this thing that was supposed to be my security. It's no longer related in another person or another thing or the job or the money or the the anything that's located outside of myself. And so that's what I'm composting. I'm composting all of these fears, all of these doubts, all of these worries that that I'm not going to be okay, that there's going to be something that I can't trust. And like letting that all go in my own timing, but letting that all go so that I can feel more spacious. And so it's interesting because like in a way there's not really an end goal. It's just like what I'm doing in the moment. And I think it has something to do with just facing your own fears. And for me, this is, I'm, I'm facing them. I'm facing them head on and it's scary and it's super uncomfortable. And yet I know inside of myself that it's what I'm supposed to be doing. And so here we go. Um, But yeah, so in this time of shaking, I'm really just letting go of a lot of things that I used to find security in and still do so that I can, I can really see like what I'm made of. (laughs) So I have been admiring you throughout this entire process. I feel like whenever you're like, what the hell am I doing? I'm like, dude, it's freaking beautiful. It's so courageous and so powerful to watch you. I think true obedience to spirit, to the voice inside is when you're like, I have no idea where I'm going. No clue. I can't see through this dust storm. I can't see where I'm going, but I just keep hearing go. Step. Do this step. Do this step. Descending into the underworld like Inanna taking off different layers of your identity, taking off your clothes, your crown, and meeting the depths of the dark mother to be, you know, melted into new form. Yeah, it's funny because I feel like I've been in this deep initiation with the dark mother for years. I had no idea. I was like, oh, like, cool, like a season. It's going to be like fall and winter and then I'm going to be done. No, it's been years. And Yeah, I'm still going for it. I'm going to the Amazon rainforest on Sunday. (laughs) I'm going to be there next week. And before going, I've been like, gosh, I should do this. I should do that. I should do all of these things. I should make plans. My message that I keep receiving is like, no, don't do anything. Just, (laughs) Just go. Just go. Don't worry about all these things. Just go. And so 
if there's one place I know that she resides, it's in the mud. <laughs> it's in the darkness of the forest, in the soil. And so I feel like I'm going to meet myself there. Mm. I think that's true. So I'll let you know when I get back. I'll be able to tell. <laughs> you know me. I'll be able to feel it before you get back. I'm like, oh, yeah. And then somehow your journey will bring mm. me with you. <sighs> so I'll share a little bit about where I'm at. You know, I had a seven-year descend into the underworld. I call that my lunar phase. And there's something really precious, actually, that's hard to see in the moment of the dark night of the soul. But there's something really precious in the dark night and in encountering the the death because it's so intense that you hold on for dear life. You hold on to your connection for dear life because that connection is your only way through. And there's something that is really comforting about that deep place because I feel like you can connect with mother, father, God, and your guides. There's like something that's cultivated in my experience of uh, through discipline and devotion and uh, connecting that is truly profound. And then I was on this like solar journey, like ex like emerging from my cave that I was in for most of my 20s and, and kind of poking my head out and being like, hi world, do you like what I have to say? Will you be friends with me? And through Global Sisterhood, learning a lot more about what's the world and, and how I want to be a part of it. And I started feeling probably through the beginning of last season or maybe the beginning of last season of the podcast, I started to feel something, a next level of descending. I'm like, oh man, it's been another seven year cycle. Okay. It's time to go lunar again. It's time to meet the darkness again. And I started having like a deeper encounters with uh, suppressed memories of my childhood and these traumatic experiences coming back into my life. And through that process, needing to go deeper into my body and be with my body and be with the living memories in my body that are still creating the anxiety or the, I don't know, the self-judgments, really, the, the lack of tolerance and the lack of compassion for myself and really meet that. And I've been doing that that kind of also coincided with a deepening in my relationship. I am officially engaged, everyone. I have a beautiful fiance. He's been holding me so, so deeply through this process. I think because of the dark night that I went through, which if you are th going through one right now, I hope you really hear this. One of my gifts I cultivated through that was this like unwavering faith faith because I came out of it. And not only did I come out of it, I rose gloriously like a phoenix. Divine intervention just like lifted me. And so much was birthed from that experience. Global sisterhood was birthed from that experience. And now I am, I don't want to call it a crisis of faith, but as I'm descending back into the underworld and wanting to heal parts of myself that I wasn't able to encounter that first descent, I have more fear and doubt than I have had in many years. And 
it's a unique type of doubt because I'm still very connected in the way that I was. But there's this questioning of myself and of my path and what's right for me. And I think it's part of the initiation also into becoming a wife and eventually a mother. So now I'm trying to just come into right relationship with myself as just a woman and uh, how to serve from a place of overflow and to approach the world now, especially as we are using our voices more. Shana and I are using our voices more than we've ever used them. And I am also examining that. I'm also examining my voice and how it should be used and how I want it to be used and what I want to say and also facing not for the first time but in a real visceral way of I'm scared people aren't going to like what I have to say because some of my opinions aren't very popular and then wanting to double check triple check are my opinions rooted in privilege are they rooted in white supremacy are they rooted in uh traumas or are my opinions coming from that deep voice inside of me and um that is a vulnerable process it's very vulnerable to even speak those words and on this podcast this season that's my intention is to have conversations about that and really understand understand and decompose more of the patriarchal colonialist white supremacist paradigm that still exists in my framework as well. So that was a mouthful, but those are my words. Mm. Well, I applaud you for that journey. And I, I felt you in that expression of the, the fear of what this path has in store for you. I also have a similar kind of feeling inside of myself and (laughs) who said it? answer this question. Who said this on our last season of our podcast that we cannot play God? You know, we want to, right? And we can't, we can't pick the path for ourselves. Like the path is, you know, the path is here. It's laid out and we're just, we just happen to be walking often sometimes without a headlamp, you know, or just like a narrow frame of light showing us how far ahead you know, what else there is to do, how far we have to go. So it's an interesting journey. So Lauren, you got this. (laughs) It's just a journey of maturing that I know all of you who are listening are on the feeling the world so deeply and also feeling your family and feeling yourself and knowing that we have to take care of ourselves. We have to really heal ourselves. And part of that is the decomposition, but also the nurturing and the, the, the being on our own team and believing in ourselves. We must believe in ourselves and to believe in ourselves with confidence and humility. When I receive criticism, I waver because I, 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 I really want to listen and and examine am i missing something is what they say about me true is is this really true and then sometimes i spin around in a washing machine and lose my sense of self i love that aspect about me because i i i'm like a shadow hunter i will go hunt for that shadow and i will work on it i'm not afraid of being wrong or missing something i'm not afraid of messing up well I am afraid of messing up, but I am not afraid of correcting myself. 
But what I am sick of is letting myself waver from being on my team and doing things the way I know I need to do them for myself and because I'm instructed to by earth, by my Mm -hmm. own internal compass. And that is what I feel Mm -hmm. is super needed for myself. But I also see all of us, all of us needing to trust ourselves Mm -hmm. deeper. Yeah. I I feel that so deeply as a collective thing too. And I mean, what you're speaking to is something that's like incredibly difficult in general. And I actually think it's something that we need to cut ourselves off from as much as we can, which is like that external validation. I think it comes from a safety mechanism, honestly, of like, am I safe? So let me like view the external world but it can become so sticky and then it causes the doubt and causes the stickiness. This is something I noticed in myself. Like Lauren knows I have this story where I felt super paranoid, but I felt like everybody was talking about me. It's like this deep, dark shadow inside of me that manifested and I got to live it in real life. It was quite a trip. But what I've learned from that experience is how disorienting actually listening to these other things outside of yourself is and what that actually does to your internal voice and how when you choose to listen to those other voices, how you actually start giving your power away. And there's a dance there because I love what you said about being a a shadow chaser because I think it's super important to learn, right? And to acknowledge when we mess up and to to know. I think think too, the art of knowing who to listen to, the art of knowing who to call upon – and to check for guidance. Yeah, like working with our teachers and calling them and having these places where we can really trust the information that's being received. And that helps guide. That helps guide our mission. That helps guide our podcast. That helps us guide. And how to be in right relationship with all the different right. beings that and the different movements and the different needs in the world right now. Because let's let's bring up current events a little bit. Frankly, it's unsurprising to me, but women's rights to get an abortion in the United States have been revoked in, and now it's up to states to protect that right or not. And so in the United States, most of the states considered to be more conservative states have revoked the right for women to have access to abortion. And... You know, it seems like a, I mean, it is, it is a really sad reversal of policy, considering that we've had 50 years of, of having, at least on paper, the, the rights to our own bodies and to get to choose what's best for us and for our health. And that change has been, you know, greatly impactful to a lot of women. So as these things can become very reactionary, I'm most interested in how to respond because what I'm noticing about these parties, these forces that are working to change the rights for women, it was actually done by a woman. It's fascinating. I just listened to a podcast about this, but there's women that are fighting for women not to have access to healthy abortions because abortions still will happen. And 
I think there's a healthy way to respond. And the way that these people are working is very long-term. They're not reacting and moving quickly. They are being methodical. And I think this is super important because with everything that we're doing at the Global Sisterhood and with all the the effort and energy and potency that we put into this podcast, we're not doing this because we want everything to change instantly. We know actually that that's not probably even the way that it should happen. But there's something that is taking place that requires us to put one foot in front of the other and actually do the work, which may take our lifetime, many lifetimes, many generations of work and effort to restore a healthy balance, to come into right relation. And so with these kind of current events that are happening that seem to be just like bubbling up, rising to the surface in like a a quick manner, the thing is they, they haven't been. This has all been methodical and thought out. And so how do we turn that as leaders, as healers, as people who deeply care into a way that we can work as well? And so that we can think more long-term about these things and really to build a world that is beautiful and in harmony and in balance. And how do we have harmony in our diversity? How do we have harmony in polarized viewpoints? How do we find the nuance and how do we extend an olive branch to sides that we don't agree with and come to a place where we can see each other as human and communicate, like truly, truly communicate. How do we do this between political movements? How do we also do this between races and between nations? And as women, how do we learn to bring the feminine forward in such a way that it is inviting men to bring the feminine forward inside of themselves? How do we use feminine superpowers like empathy to increase our intelligence? Because when we use our empathy, which is in fact a superpower, we can see, oh, wow, that's why that person thinks that way. I would never think that way, but oh, I get it. This is how their life experience has shaped them and they have this trauma and they have this pain and oh God, that's what it's like to be them. And from there, we have compassion and through the door of compassion comes insight comes wisdom. And this is why I think the rise of the feminine will heal the world. It's from this wisdom. It's from this insight. It's, you know, it's not compassion for the sake of, you know, condoning everybody and enabling everybody. It's compassion so that we can have genuine insight and speak to the places inside of people that really need the healing and really need the love so they're inspired to change rather than feeling attacked for their viewpoints. So for this season of the podcast, we have an intention to be more vulnerable and more raw and learn more, to not bank on the assurity that we know everything and really listen and really talk about issues that maybe people are afraid to talk about and admit things that maybe people are afraid to admit and also to continue to learn from incredible teachers and incredible elders about why things are the way they are and how do we continue and how do we move forward and how do we do it together and so We hope that 
along this journey, this podcast feels like a safe haven for you. So stay tuned. It's going to be a journey. And yeah, this podcast is such a labor of love. It's something that Lauren and I, when we look at all the things that we do, we're like, yeah, let's keep doing the podcast. It really does provide fuel for us. And I think we're learning so much through it and through using our voices and through getting these incredible guests to come and share their stories. Always feel free to give us feedback and to share and to and to participate. You know, like Lauren and I are big advocates of sisterhood, of, you know, of really looking at one another as family and how we work best with one another and listen and share and collaborate. And so I encourage that. I so enjoy meeting those of you I've met in person. And for those of you that have reached out, it really is such an honor to get to know each one of you that tunes in. And so, yeah, don't be a stranger. Thank you for listening to episode one of season two. We are so grateful. Remember that episodes drop every Thursday and we're going to bring some really awesome conversations your way. So stay tuned. And if you're not on our email list, go to globalsisterhood.org to sign up. And if you're interested in Sacred Facilitator, also check that out. Doors closed August 22nd. Big love to all of you. Sacred Facilitator, for those of you who don't know, is an advanced training and rite of passage for space holders, women who are already holding space and who are on a quest to reclaim ancient knowledge and expand their sacred service. Through this program, all of our facilitators learn from various amazing teachers and elders, women who you have heard on this podcast. And we dive into deconditioning patriarchal belief systems. We dive into ritual. We learn how to embody as the women of the earth that we are our right to tend the land and hold ceremony that is trauma mindful and inclusive of all people. So for those of you who feel the call in this time on earth to be of greater service and to use your gifts to expand your life and the lives of others, come to globalsisterhood.org slash sacred facilitator to learn more. Big love to all of you.